Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. In church, sometimes we blame everything on the devil and spiritual. Spiritual. But I was just talking to Brother Rob back there, and Rabbi Rob was like, what was going on with the mic? It wouldn't. I said, dude, it wouldn't just turn on. He's like, everything's working. He's like, it just wouldn't turn on. He's like, I was like, maybe it's spiritual. He's like, it's got to be, you know. I thought that was, because on these big Sundays, it just seems like the end, it's the weirdest thing. He wants to just stop. And, but so I, I wonder today if there's something unique here for each one of us. A phrase we've been using this week is don't get accustomed to when God's trying to make a custom you. So don't get accustomed to when God's trying to make a custom you. And we're going to look at a custom story today, Acts chapter 8. I want to read it, starting in verse 26. Cool moment, cool moment. Philip the evangelist and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go towards the south of the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, Philip, instantly. And God says, I'm going to go. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace. Queen of the Ethiopians, who is in charge of all her treasure. And so this Ethiopian eunuch, in order to serve the queen or be in the courts, the king doesn't want people around his booski that are even slightly tempted. And so that's how you become a eunuch. Castration. If there's kids in the room, we can talk more about that with your parents. They can try to connect all those dots. Good luck. That, that's it. You know, like, there's one thing to sar- sign for to serve, like, the Marines or whatever, but, okay, I'm going to serve the king. King, what do you want me to do? I want you to, you know, help my, my wife. And, uh, but here's the, here's, here's the job description. <laughs> you know? And uh, so he's in charge of all of her treasure. Who had, he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. So Ethiopia um, in this biblical setting is not the same region as we know today. But the distance travels right around 1,500 miles, and he travels by chariot. So he's come a long, long, long way. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, but was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. This is really important because comes all the way to Jerusalem seeking for something. Something. When you, you, you ever met that point in your life where n- there's no answers anymore? There's no answers, and you're willing to change any setting and go any place because you need freedom. That's probably the backdrop of what this feels and looks like. But yet, even reading the scriptures still shows this, this commitment which I think speaks to the character of who he is because to be that committed to serve the king would also be that committed to discover what is my spiritual journey and unlocking look like. So this, this pursuit of freedom that has traveled from distance, that has traveled now in the scriptures, that has traveled probably through career. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. This is those moments when you're at the grocery store, okay? We can do this. Be at the grocery store. God, do you want me to talk to somebody? And sometimes they'll say no, but sometimes they'll say, yep. 
No way. And you, you start debating it. You just go up and say it. I see this or I hear this. And it might work, it might not. And then you start to then practice it. It's, it's the Jedi skills. And, and, then, and then God will use seeds sometimes in ways that we don't even understand. I was early saved in, in the faith and my brother was uh, going out to hang out with these girls and they were stopping at the house and they're in the driveway and um, I'm going out as a new person saved and I'm going to witness to them. And these girls, I witness to them and uh, they're, I start telling them about Jesus and she goes, that is so whack. Like, you're, you're so lame. This young girl younger, my little brother's friends, she was like, you're so whack. You're so lame. I felt this big and I went inside. I thought, oh God, I must have not said it right. I'm sorry, I must not planted right, I must not watered right. Forgive me. A few years later, I was at the temple club when it was open, and I was rapping in the basement of a bar. When I started rapping, there was a season in my life when I, I was supposed to be super bold Jesus, so I get on the mic, and everyone's drinking, and I start talking about, y'all better know God is coming, y'all better know God is coming, y'all better know God is coming, what is this kid doing, you know? And people just stare at you. Because if you believe it, they at least will respect you. And then when the show would end, they'd be like, whew, all right, all right. Next up, they're like, all right, man, just get that guy out of here, you know? It, was, it, was, it was, wasn't they were against. It was kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. Just keep him out of here, you know? And this girl comes up to me a couple years later. And, and she goes, do you know who I am? I said, no. She goes, when you were talking tonight, I started crying. And you talked about sins away. And. I asked for God to take my sins away because I was the one that was in the driveway at your house that you shared with, and, and I made fun of you, and I'm sorry. I thought, oh, God. For two years, I thought I did it wrong. How do we know? So we, we may never even know sometimes. Shoot the shot. Shoot the shot. Start asking. Philip's shooting the shot. He goes over. He's going to play ball. Go over and join this chariot. The Spirit said to him, it's easy to listen to, the Spirit says stuff to Philip, the Spirit says stuff to Jerome and you and me today. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, because in, in, in ancient culture, they would just read, read out loud. Do you understand what you're reading, he asked? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. This is the prophecy of Isaiah about Jesus. This is neat. This should connect the Old Testament for us alive as a movie. Like a sheep, he was led to slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, um, about whom I ask you, does the prophet Isaiah say this about himself or about somebody else? Then Philip opened his mouth, mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Oh, yeah. About Jesus. About Jesus. You know, sometimes we evangelize because we, we feel the pressure and not the privilege or the passion to share the good news about Jesus. There's this video, it, you may have seen it before, but I think it's worth watching again. It's propaganda sharing with us the good news 
about Jesus. It's the full story of life crushed into four minutes. The entirety of humanity in the palm of your hand crushed into one sentence. Listen, it's intense, right? God, our sins, paying everyone life. The greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told, God. Yes, God, the maker and giver of life. And by life, I mean any and all manner and substance, seen and unseen, what can and can be touched, thoughts, image, emotions, love, atoms, and oceans, God. All of it is handiwork, one of which is masterpiece, made so uniquely that angels look curiously. The one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept so cold, it's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul. Formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond, creator and creation held an eternal bond. And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong. A species got deceived and started lusting for his job and odd list of complaints. As if the system ain't working and used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome. And by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny. Our, yes, our sins. It's nature inherited, black in the human heart. It was over before it started. Deceived from day one and led away by our own lust. There's not a religion in the world that doesn't agree that something's wrong with us. The question is, what is it? And how do we fix it? Are we eternally separated from a God that may or may not have existed? But that's another subject. Let's keep grinding besides trying to prove God is like defending a lion, homie. It don't need your help. Just unlock the cage. Let's move on on how our debt can be paid. Short and sweet. The problem is sin. Yes, sin. It's a cancer, an asthma, choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection, but silly us trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us. Keep up your good deeds. Chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. Or you could choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe. But all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection. Good luck. That's life past your pay grade. The cost of your soul, you ain't got a big enough piggy bank. But you could give it a shot. But I suggest you throw away the list. Because even your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. Here's what God says as part A of the gospel. You can't fix yourself. Quit trying. It's impossible. Sin brings death. Give God his breath back, you owe him. Eternally separated, and the only way to fix it is someone die in your place, and that someone gotta be perfect, or the payment ain't permanent. So if and when you find a perfect person, get him or her to willingly trade their perfection for your sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness, his death functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection we all cheered because that means the check cleared. 
pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in Him, and Him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ and Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes. So Philip, he shares the good news, just like that video, and the eunuch hears it, what's he do next? And as they were going, or it says, uh, hold on, and as they were going along the road, they came to some water. So they have that moment, and uh, they see some water, and the eunuch said, so here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Natural Libre moment. And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. Very similar to how, through all the scriptures with Jesus on the road of Emmaus, and carried away and went away, and Jesus ascended. And and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself, he's where he teleported, <laughs> in Azotus, and he passed through. He preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Now, the eunuch church uh, tradition says, went on to go back home and plant a church there. And be so excited because now there's purpose because they're made brand new, brand, brand new, brand, brand new. And you think about this. You think, well, how does this impact me today? There's a few things that, that I think gotquestionsresource.org framed really well. One is you have the word of God being read. Two, you have a Holy Spirit prompting. And you have a human evangelistic encounter. The word of God is present. The Holy Spirit told Philip. And, and then you have the journey and a longing. And the Holy Spirit had been preparing the eunuch. And, and then they... they, they they, they seize the moment, right? And I think it really comes down to, to two words. Excluded versus included. Do you imagine what the eunuch felt his whole life, that he was so excluded? He can never be king. Sure can't be queen. And he definitely ain't going to have kids. In fact, if you go back... During the time of prophet Isaiah's readings, eunuchs are excluded from the community. They're on the outside. Rules are a lot different back then. So they're on the outside. They can't come in. They don't got a pass. Show me your ticket. Where are you at? Where's, where's the ticket? Where are you at? Can you come in? No, nah, can't come in. Oh, look, you don't got the right dress code. Oh, you, all kinds of stuff going on. Why don't you stay outside? You're one of them? You're outside, outside. Imagine that whole life of feeling like you don't fit in. Don't fit in. I'm excluded from this group. But then you hear the gospel and there's an exclusive invitation that you can be included. What? 
I can be included? This is what it means? Jesus fulfilled this? And so if he read Isaiah 53, where that passage was referenced from, he's either read Isaiah 56 before, which is likely, or he's going to after he's transformed. And guess what Isaiah 56 says later? This is what it says. So once he continues, it says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the, the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. What this is meaning is the intricacy in the customization that God would even fulfill that a eunuch wouldn't be a dry tree is now fulfilled when the eunuch is born again. An Ethiopian also being race. That the gospel transcends race. It transcends gender. And it even transcends hardship and job description requirements. That the, the pain and the reality of whatever this world brings, that the gospel's greater. That's how good the good news is. That even someone who has been castrated, that will feel like they're a dry tree, there's no way, knows what it's like to sit outside every time there's a party and only be invited in when you're overseeing the treasury, sit outside when there's a party, be invited in only when you know, you're overseeing if the queen or the king asks, but be back outside and then now say, man, I have this longing in my heart. I'm gonna travel 1,500 miles. And then they must have had favor and had resources to even travel that far. So it's not that they don't have means or chariot or even had these discussions, but then there's a divine moment of heaven that intersects and collides in such a response that says, now I want to be baptized. It's a lot different than, hey, do you want to get baptized? You want to get baptized? In fact, the eunuch wanted to get baptized because he recognized, and here's what baptism is. Baptism is a statement to the world that I'm dead and I'm new in Christ. And it already took place. And I want to let the whole world know it. Just like I was in the womb, water everywhere. Water represents life, freshness. I'm going to go fully immersed again. A faith statement and I'm brand new. I'm going to let the whole world know. And there's people right now that if they get baptized in their country, that means a death sentence. Their family won't talk to them anymore. And in fact, sometimes when the person baptizing them, people have been killed for baptizing members of their family. That's how harsh some religions are. That changes the context of what's going to take place at 1130 service fair. And hopefully it changes the way we even think about the mission that we're a part of. If worship team, if you guys would come up, Look, here's what I want to do is we, we, we actually got, we got some time. We got time. We got like 12 minutes. Because I believe God's a God of order, and so does Kid City. Because there's diapers right now that need to be, you know, there's stuff going on back there that's not going on in here. But I think the Holy Spirit wants to remind us that we're included because of Jesus. And in any area in your life, as crazy as being a eunuch Whatever you've experienced that you feel like you're excluded, that today the Holy Spirit wants to close that gap and say you're included, you're in the family. And if you don't know Jesus, we, we can never make ourselves right. That video explains it so well. We got to repent. And once we do, we're included again. We're going to sing worthy of it all. And I'm going to ask for us to touch some of the people around us and pray for the people around us and say, Whatever, and just ask the Holy Spirit. It could be a word. It could be unique, the way Philip heard a word and, and talked to, and went down there. But, but, but ultimately what I see is when we're singing worthy of it all, that whatever we feel we lack, 
that we're, we're asking gently for the person. They don't lack anything because God's here. So if God's here, he's more than enough and he's worthy of it all. We all know what it's like to feel excluded, don't we? At times I've excluded people. It's, 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 it's a horrible feeling to think we've excluded what God cares about most. Put people away because they don't have the right dress, the right clothes, the right background. Oh, Father, forgive us. I remember being at a friend's house, you know, I was one of the only kids in, in sports at Mason with parents divorced and, and uh, it was pretty obvious. My house wasn't as nice as everybody else's and when I would go stay at the other people's house or hang out there, um, I was included because of my athletic ability. And because of my athletic ability, I would get invited over, but when it was time to leave, it was time to leave. And that became pretty obvious one time when I'm listening to um, my friend talk to his mom in the kitchen, but I'm just in the other room. And he says, hey, can he stay for dinner? And um, he's super excited. I'm super excited because at home is nobody. My mom's working. She's, she's got after hour meetings and stuff. It's just, I'm just gonna be there by myself. And, and, uh, and then I hear her say, can he eat at his own house? And I remember being like, and he came back and he, and he tried to like repitch it. He was like, oh, my, my mom's, I was like, no, bro, it's cool. Like, yo, like one, I am never eating here. You know what I mean? And I was like, it's cool. And, and I would play a game. I dri- dribble on the way home, kind of like traveling, you know, just like the, my 1500 miles in my chariot, just dribbling on the way home. And I'd try to not touch any cracks. And if I, if the ball, um, if I lost it, I'd want to start over again. But so I'd never try to let the ball and I'd never try to touch it touch a crack on the, on the sidewalks and then get home but that's why for me if, if I ever have some food it goes all the way back for that moment because for food you know what food represents to me it represents a statement of inclusion so I call it refrigerator rights and when you get refrigerator rights of heaven we aren't excluded in any area now I know that's probably because of how she was raised and she was hurt and she was just doing that or she's only narrow-minded thinking. She couldn't think about this kid. She's focused on raising her own home. So no one's blaming her. We've all done it in different ways and shapes and form. But the point is we felt what it's like to be excluded. And today the Holy Spirit wants to remind us that we are included. We are included in Jesus. So let's worship and let's touch our neighbors. And let's just say, God, no matter what it is that Our friends feel like they lack. They don't. Because the power of God is here to consume it all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.